Hi, listeners. Welcome to the Grief Out Loud podcast produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children. I'm Janet Christofaro and wanted to give you just a little heads up as you listen to this episode, you'll be hearing references to our old name, which was Dear Ducky. So just so you don't get too confused, you're listening to the right podcast and we look forward to bringing you even more great content under the Grief Out Loud name. Thanks for joining us. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Dear Dougie podcast, produced by the Dougie Center for Grieving Children in Portland, Oregon. I am Brendan Connolly. And I'm Jana DeCristofero. After over 30 years of listening to the stories of grieving children, teens, young adults, and adults that we have in our program here in Portland, we wanted to find a way to share what we've learned from them with all of you, with the larger community. Uh, So this podcast is a way to open up that conversation, the conversation about grief that oftentimes goes not talked about. Uh, Even though grief is something we all eventually experience, we're all left with that piece of I don't know what to do, how to feel, what to say. So whether you're grieving a loss yourself or in a place of wanting to support someone in your life who is, uh, we're here to talk about the things that might be coming up for you. Yep. And today's episode is a little bit about Valentine's Day, grieving through Valentine's Day. But before we jump into it, Jana, you and I were talking just before we started recording and Uh, You were telling me about some interactions you had and made you think again and wanted to make sure that we covered a little bit about uh, acknowledging other people's grief and uh, that idea of um, the alternatives to saying I'm sorry. What did you what did you want to say? Well, I've just been having some conversations with people who, you know, there's so many articles and other things out there about, you know, 10 things to say and 10 things not to say. And people can sometimes get left feeling a little hamstrung, like I don't want to say anything out of fear of saying the wrong thing. And just really wanting to emphasize that of of our conversations with people who are grieving or going through hard times in their life, that having some kind of acknowledgement is really important and to not miss that out of the fear that you might say the wrong thing. Yeah, that's me. I have that. I definitely have that uh, internal inclination to um, not want to, not want to say the wrong thing and, and to, I just get locked up. I'm doing it right now. Locked up about saying the thing that needs to be said or ought to be said, or that's comforting to the, to the griever. And in, in lieu of saying something dumb and, you know, putting my foot in my mouth, I just clam up. Right. And so that's, that's sort of the, the tricky part of putting out information of what to say or how to be that could be helpful uh, and leaving people feeling like, "Uh oh, if I had to say the wrong thing, I better not say anything at all. And, and the message we get over and over again from people who are grieving, going through hard times is, you know, just, just show up and say something, you know, we can go from there. And it just reminded me again of how much the energy behind the words sometimes matters more than what the words are themselves because there's no word that's going to make it better and there's no word that's going to magically take away the pain and what I hear is the pain of people who are grieving of feeling not acknowledged not included uh particularly thinking about like high school kids teenagers the kids in their class find out that somebody in their life died and those other kids have no idea what to say so they kind of just ignore them sometimes super painful for the for the teens and i think as adults many of us have gone through something where people sort of just walk around the corner because we don't know what to say and we had we spent that last episode talking about alternatives to saying i'm sorry for your loss which is 
you know, it's an, uh, an old one and uh, is used a lot. But you're saying here, if that's all you got, if that's all that comes to mind, that's great. Right. And then think about just the energy behind it of yeah. what are you trying to communicate? And the other, the funny story that came up this week with talking with someone is how important it is to give some context. So say you run into someone at the grocery store and you heard that, you know, their mom or their dad or their husband or their wife died. And this is the first time you're seeing them or the first time uh, talking with them since you found out. If you're going to acknowledge the death by saying something of, you know, I'm, I was so sorry to hear, make sure you give some context because I had a story from someone who, someone walked up to them and said, I'm just so sorry. <laughs> and the person was like, for what? You know, we need yeah. some context. And so to say, you know, I heard about your husband's death or I saw on Facebook somebody posted about your mom's death. I've just been really thinking about you. I want to let you know that I knew. Yeah. So what's looming on our mind may not be what's looming in their mind. Right. They're likely yeah. thinking about the person who yeah. died because it just happened. But for if you come out of nowhere with, I'm sorry, like for being late, like I don't, cutting me off in line, yeah. I don't know what you're right. sorry for. Right. All right. That's great. So say something. Um, just not saying anything is maybe the least attractive option available to us. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Thanks for, for that. So back at Valentine's Day, we're rolling up on it. And it's, uh, I imagine it's going to be a tough one for some folks. Um, I know it's full of activity at my house. My, you know, my youngest kid, who's who's fourth grade, is busy making valentines for twenty nine kids in his class. <laughs> you know, Amy, my wife and I, Amy and I, don't spend a whole lot of time on Valentine's Day in our relationship, but but it definitely makes an appearance in our house. And I think that's a, a big part of, you know, we were thinking about Valentine's Day and people who are grieving so much of the emphasis on Valentine's Day can be on partners, spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, like that person, personal intimate relationship. But Valentine's Day is something that's a big deal for a lot of kids. And yeah. so if we're talking about grieving kids, Valentine's Day is going to be a big part of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I imagine uh, my I, I have a lot of teachers in my family, and, and I know that um, sometimes teachers don't always know what is happening back at home. They don't always, they're not always aware of all 30-something kids, individual particular circumstances. And so uh, the requests for work, especially at the younger ages in elementary school, can, can, get, can sometimes be a little awkward if there's a, a parent or sibling death or... Uh, maybe an adoption in the family, that kind of thing. Um, teachers may ask for, you know, tell me your family history, mm, or mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And and so, what do what 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 do parents and kids do with with those sorts of requests? My hope is that you know, in a, in a classroom setting or other opportunities for kids to make projects that are particularly for other people, you know, whether it's let's make a Valentine's Day card for your parents or something like that to, to open up the invitation a little bit more broadly to say, you know, what's really Valentine's Day? It's about expressing our love and our affection and our appreciation, our gratitude for the people in our life that we care about. And who those people are can be pretty broad ranging. And so open that up to kids like we're going to, you know, spend the day our project day, we're making Valentine's Day cards. Who are some people or pets or things in yeah. your life that you'd like to make one for? So that gives kids a lot of choices. Yeah. All right. That's great. What um, What do you What are you hearing in your groups as we kind of roll in towards Valentine's Day? Well, to me, Valentine's Day, along with Mother's Day, Father's Day, Thanksgiving, all 
any kind of holiday or any kind of significant day coming up for people, over and over again, what we hear is the lead up is sometimes the hardest part for a lot of people. So I know we're real close to it. It's coming up and this is a podcast. Maybe we in the future would do a week before or two yeah. weeks before because that the lead up, the anticipation, the anxiety, the seeing all of the advertisements. I mean, there's billboards and newspaper flyers and everywhere. Things yep. for chocolate and candy and Valentine's Day. What are you going to do? So that, that lead up part, a lot of times for people who are grieving uh, can weigh really heavily on them. And, and what people find is sorting out like what does the holiday mean to me what has it meant to me in the past what do I want it to mean for me what's important for me to do what do I not want to do coming up with some kind of plan even if the plan is to not do anything yeah. it can bring a lot of reassurance for people just being feeling prepared and feeling ready yeah that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense um I th- I think that's maybe not I, I don't know this is a weird corollary perhaps but you know, when Amy and I were just beginning to date, our dates seemed pretty spontaneous. But now that we have a family with lots of obligations, we kind of got to plan for that stuff. And it feels weird to plan for some of that stuff, you know, plan for a date. But um, I think that's the same kind of idea. You see this thing coming up and you know you know it's something that needs to be addressed in your life. And so making a plan ahead of time is a, is a good idea. And recognizing how individual that's going to be for everyone. I mean, I hear people say, what I'd really like to do is press fast forward on, I know, the 13th and then wake up on the 15th and just not have that happen. And then other people are, you know, this was a really important holiday for me and my family. And I I value and treasure, you know, the Valentine's Day cards that my mom would make for everyone in the family. So that's something I want to continue. And that's what I'm going to do on Valentine's Day. I'm going to honor my mom by making cards for other people in the family or whatever it might be for for them. But to recognize that it's okay in either direction, whether you want to skip it, scrap it, or you want to uphold some traditions or create some new ones. That's good. Um, anything else besides what we've talked about with respect to Valentine's Day and holidays? Well, I'm thinking around, you know, there's Valentine's Day. If you yourself, you're grieving, maybe it's been your partner, your spouse who's died, and you're thinking it through for yourself and what's important. And then we add in kids, you know, if you have children in your family. So what we oftentimes will encourage families to do is to set a time to talk about it as a family. Give the kids a heads up. Here's what we're going to talk about. So come with your ideas about what you might want to do or not do for this upcoming holiday. And as the adult in the family, super helpful to get clear for yourself. What are you feeling up for? What do you think you can handle doing with your kids? So there may be a time where the kids really want to do something and you can't, you just can't do it. And maybe we can find someone else uh, in your friendship circle, in your support circle, who would be able to do that with the kids, whatever that might be. That's a really good, that's a really good point of view, really good perspective. I know we have a small little community of friends and we hold each other up a lot of times that way. Um, And and it has happened recently in in our little community that, um, you know, we just kind of band together and hold, hold the other people up a little bit when they need it. And it can be hard, I think, in the midst of our own grief to remember that we don't have to be the one doing everything so maybe it's um you know filling out those valentine's day cards maybe that was something that uh one of the parents always did with the kids and that parent has died and the other parent just doesn't have the emotional wherewithal in the moment to do that so you call up an aunt an uncle someone else to be like hey can you come over and help with this and that way the kid can still get it done and the adult doesn't have to feel like i'm letting them down by not doing it 
And it probably helps with the supporter supporting adult in the sense that they feel they have something tangible and concrete uh, way to help. To do something, right, yeah. which is a whole other podcast, right? whole other podcast, <laughs> right. right. So I'm wondering, maybe we can talk about a couple of the ideas that uh, other families, other grieving families and people have, have come up with or things yes. that they've done for Valentine's Day. Because sometimes we're like, I want to do something, but I have no idea what it might be. Well, especially if you're talking about with kids, you know, I know sometimes I'll, I'll you know, we'll gather the family around the kitchen table and and you tell the kids, what do you want to do? And it's just crickets because they don't have any <laughs> ideas. You know, you got to kind of precede it with some starter ideas. So they can say no to things sometimes. Right. It's really yeah. helpful. Right? Yeah, so right. Come up with all the things you really don't want to do and tell them and then they can say no and you'll come up with something else. <laughs> right. uh, so, you know, if say you're an adult, you've got some kids to be thinking about what do you need, right? So let's start with that. Like figure out for you what you want to do, um, figure out what might feel comfortable, what doesn't feel comfortable, and then really be thinking about how are you going to get your own support. So reaching out to people ahead of time and saying, hey, you know, I think this day might be kind of hard. Can we set a time to talk at four o'clock in the afternoon? Or yeah. do you mind if I email you on that day? Or maybe it means getting together with other friends and family, you know, yeah. whatever that's going to be for you. And then really thinking about, you know, self-care, which is a term that, I don't know, there's something about that wording. I just don't like self-care. Wish we could yeah. come up with something else. But the underlying thing of what can you do that might be really nourishing for you, replenishing? Um, maybe that's going for a hike, going to see a new movie, taking a yoga class, journaling, all kinds of different things that can do. And kids can sometimes get left out of that self-care conversation. I don't, you know, it's interesting. We think so much of that for being for adults, but really helping your kids start to realize what do they need? What makes them feel energized? What helps them feel calm? Uh, might that's, look similar to ours. It might be really different. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I mean, I'm reminded of talking to my youngest just like just a couple of days ago, actually, because he was having a rough day and you know, we were kind of in bed and putting him to sleep and talking about the day. And I asked him, you know, what does he do? If he had any advice for me is actually how I framed it. Do you have any advice for me about how, when my mind kind of goes a little wild? How can I, what do you do to calm down? How, can you give me any advice about that? And he had some, you know, he had some what? advice about breathing deep and <laughs> that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, pretty smart. <laughs> That's such a great way to frame it too, like asking kids to teach you something yeah. so they can feel like, because they are the experts in what works well for them. Yeah. Um, so some other things that I've heard people talk about, a lot of people like to come up with a place or an event or something that they can do for someone else, like volunteering, mm -hmm. um, maybe setting up a time to go to the Humane Society or some other volunteer experience where we can kind of get out of our own experience in a way and contribute to the community so that can be something that can be really helpful that's a good one um and then you know for a lot of times kids and adults too they feel like the person died valentine's day is no longer applicable to me i can't participate and if it's something people want to participate in think about who else you could send cards to or flowers or emails uh maybe even it's people in your life that you know are going through a hard time too and that they would really appreciate being contacted that way yeah i know that uh some in, in I know of a classroom where one of the kids for Valentine's Day asked if she could do a project and make Valentines for folks in a, a senior citizens home, you know, a nurse kind of basically a nursing home, make Valentines for the folks who are who are shut in there, and that so was a, a great option. A way to reach out to other people yeah. and feel like you're contributing again. Yep. Um, and then if you're thinking about things that are specific around the person who died, maybe it feels okay to create a particular ritual or activity. 
connected to Valentine's Day or maybe not, but just some way to include them in the day. So making a dinner and including a food that they really enjoyed or going to their favorite restaurant or even making and buying a card for them. And that's another way. And for a lot of kids, they like to be able to bring something somewhere. So whether that's flowers or balloons or something like that, if there's a a gravesite, a cemetery, you know, asking kids if that's someplace they would like to go on that day to bring something. For a lot of families, though, they don't have a gravesite they can go to. So maybe do you have the ashes somewhere in your house? You could put a card there or uh, where the ashes spread somewhere that you can go to. And if you can't, maybe you hang up a picture of where the ashes were spread. And so there's a location for the kids to feel like they're giving something to the person who died. That's good. We um, we will make sure this list, this is a lot of things to remember. So if you're kind of scribbling things down, uh, don't despair. We <laughs> will put this list of starter ideas up on the show notes for this episode. Uh, it'll be up at uh, Dougie.org slash podcast. You can look for the Valentine's Day episode. Jana, anything else? You know, the last, the last one I was thinking about, I know we're running short on time, but the last one I was thinking about is... Um, you know, we think about expressing our love for people on Valentine's Day, and a lot of times it's expressing our appreciation and our gratitude. And so if we think about creating a ritual, it might be if you choose to create a card for the person who died, maybe spend some time just really writing down the things that you in that moment are feeling particularly grateful to them about, or maybe just sharing with them uh, the things that have happened since they died so that they can still, you can feel like you're still connecting with them in that way. Because, you know, Valentine's Day is about that emotional connection we have with other people and that can be the place where it feels hard to continue that how do i keep this person a part of my life in that way right almost more than any other kind of holiday right and valentine's day is really about expressions of love and affection right so it's super focused even though all the other holidays can bring that up too yeah absolutely so so in the end you know no matter what people choose to do or not do just to remember to go as easy as you can on yourself there's so much pressure inside of us and outside of us to think or feel a certain way and i know that it's okay to feel whatever you feel even if it's not a lot of feelings at all yeah great all right well thanks everybody for joining us for this episode of the dear dougie podcast and to learn more about the dougie center and to listen to past episodes you can visit us at dougie.org that's d-o-u-g-y dot o-r-g on the web you can also find us on facebook and twitter our usernames for both are the dougie center we want to answer your questions about grief and loss so send them our way at help at dougie.org and be sure to put podcasts somewhere in the subject line thanks for talking jana Thanks, Brendan. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.